Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC Football Podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. He is Mike McDaniel. Mike, week eight is upon us. I wrote week nine on my spreadsheet, so that's starting off real well already. Uh, how are you? You ready to pick some games? If it makes you feel any better, it's week nine for the FBS. Yeah, I mean, that's that's true, but we've also kind of agreed that it, we're not doing that. We're doing we're our not. thing. We're <laughs> not. Yeah, this is, this is our thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Mike, we have an interesting slate tonight, um, and it, we we agreed first that we should probably tell the people we we are doing this Wednesday evening um, at, before these games on Saturday, and it's probably worth letting people know we're in a little bit of a different state of mind tonight picking these games. Um, typically, you know, especially if we're recording in the evening, be recording having a having an adult beverage or two, uh, you know, try to loosen things up. But for tonight, Mike, there are no adult beverages being had. Yeah, I uh, I'm never drinking again. I doubt that. Until tomorrow. Until tomorrow, yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, yeah, me myself, I've actually got my body pumped full of Tylenol as I try to uh, work off a pretty badly sprained ankle from uh, softball last night. So trying not to mix that with booze for the sake of saving what little bit is left of my liver. Um, oh, so. that's that's good. That's that's very big of you. Yeah. So f- fair warning, everybody. The picks tonight are sober picks. Um, so keep that in mind and, and do with that what you will. For uh, what it's worth, Joey, the uh, drunk picks didn't go very well. They, they have not been going very well, nor have yeah. the nor have the caffeinated Thursday morning picks either. So yeah, not not a whole lot has gone well. And, and on that right. note, Mike, I'll also mention this before we get started. Um, I, I texted you something late in the day last Saturday as our picks, my picks in particular, were once again going completely down the toilet. Right. Um, I, I, I feel like I have left myself, and I've left the people no choice at this point. I have had six straight weeks of picks against the spread that have finished below 500. Um, I am 14-29-1 against the spread all season. It is a disaster. And so, Mike, this week, I'm in the picks penalty box. Huh. I can't do it. I can't allow myself to do it. Now, what that means, I, I will still, you know, I'll probably tell you what I'm thinking and, and what I would be picking. I, I would tell you that. Um, but I don't get credit for anything this week. I can't. I can't give credit or penalize myself for anything this week. So, uh, yeah, we'll we'll try again next week with credit. You are the commissioner of this year' podcast, and you are suspending yourself. I am. Yeah. No. I. You know. I. I try to be a commissioner who works with integrity and honor, and you know, sometimes harsh measures must be taken. A real Rob Manfred. <laughs> hey, easy, easy. Um. Speaking of, speaking do you have any inconclusive tests now beverage. that we're partially into this I, I, podcast? <laughs> I was going to say, speaking of guys who had an adult beverage last night, Rob Manfred. Um, yeah, any inconclusive tests? Uh, no, 
All right, well, that's good, because then we might need to check the other test and then let you keep playing until we've got results on that one. Anyways. Yeah, just pull me in the eighth inning. Anyways. Mike, we got six games. we got a preview here. Um, it's an interesting slate. Uh, no ranked-on-ranked games, but we do have three ranked teams in action. Uh, let's start with one of those. At 8 o'clock on the ACC Network, the number 15 North Carolina Tar Heels are a seven-point favorite on the road in Charlottesville against the Virginia Cavaliers. Total is 62. Mike, when you when you just first took a look at this spread and this number, what what was the first thing that came to mind? Like, does that look like the right number or not quite? Spread looked low. It does, right? It looks low. Um, this is a game where I would expect North Carolina, especially with how they played against NC State, to be favored by 9, 10, maybe 11. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, seemed, it seemed at least two or three points too low, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. And then I thought about it some more, and yet I, I kind of came to the conclusion of like, well, Virginia just seems like they have a way of like muddying up and uglying up some of these games. You know, they, they do. They might not necessarily come away with a win, but they have a way of kind of dragging it down and slowing it down and keeping it low scoring and getting the offense out of rhythm for the other team and and all these things. I mean, you just saw Miami sit there and really struggle to put up 19 points against Virginia last week. So. Um, that's really the thing that comes to mind and concerns me from just like a willing, you know, willingly give a touchdown on the road for North Carolina here. Yeah. I mean, I think that's fair. Uh, well, you and I looked at the Miami game against UVA last week. And I think one of the first things we said was, well, UVA doesn't know who their quarterback's going to be. Ended up being Brandon Armstrong, by the way, he was healthy enough to play obviously, but going into that, we didn't know, mm-hmm. um, could have been Lindell Stone, could have been Keaton Thompson, could have been anybody. Like, we really just didn't know. And Miami, they didn't exactly blow the doors off Pitt. <laughs> so we're sitting here in this spot saying, oh, yeah, well, you know, Miami going going away, you know, maybe just not playing its best game the week before, and UVA doesn't know who their quarterback is. And yet, and yet, UVA just kind of uglies it up, runs the ball well. Brennan Armstrong picks up some first downs here and there. It didn't really feel like UVA was ever a true threat because they just legitimately couldn't score, but they dragged Miami down to play at their level. I could see that happening with North Carolina, but I just think there's too much firepower offensively for the heels to out of it. I mean, even think back to the Florida State game a couple weeks ago, you know, North Carolina is getting buried at halftime. And everybody's looking at this saying, oh, my God, like the heels are going to get blown out by a Florida State team. That's not really all that good. And then you saw what North Carolina was able to do in the second half. I just think there's only so much you can do to hold this offense down. And UVA is one of the few teams in the ACC that I don't actually trust to put up enough points against North Carolina's defense that I don't think is all that good. I just don't think Virginia can score enough. And I think North Carolina has the firepower to score on this Virginia defense. Virginia, Virginia's defense just hasn't been as good as I expected it to be this year. It really just hasn't. And some of that's been on the offense, not being able to stay on the field for sure. Um, but I think this is going to be another one of those games where UVA just can't really find the end zone all that much. And North Carolina just has too much over the course of four quarters. So, I, uh, Joey, I, I'm just going to lock this up right now. This is my pick of the week. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. All right. 
right off the bat, locking up North Carolina, that'll work. Uh, yep. Th- the big thing that concerns me here for Virginia in particular is it's a, their defense has seemed kind of solid, but it's been a little bit what I'll call lopsided, Mike. Uh, from a rushing yards per play standpoint this year, they have been one of the best units in the ACC. They've defended the run extremely well. Yep. From a pass yards per play allowed by that defense, uh, they are last in the ACC at nearly Very nine poor. yards per play. Yep. So that seems like uh, a storm, a perfect storm for, not for like Storm Duck, but for Sam Howell and Deami Brown, Bo Corrales, all those guys. I mean, there, there's going to be some holes to throw in. And I, I think that's the way that North Carolina can go down and win this game. Um, yeah, I, I'm kind of with you. I I feel like I told myself I was going to take Virginia here to cover seven at home, just, you know, a home dog kind of situation. Um, but, yeah, I think that's that's the biggest concern is that if you – I mean, teams can throw on Virginia a decent amount, and North Carolina can throw the ball a decent amount. So uh, let's go Tar Heels minus yep. the seven. We'll take them to uh, – to win and cover yeah. seven. And North and North Carolina's probably got the best rushing duo in the country, right? I mean, there's very few I would take over them, uh, over Javante Williams and Michael Carter. And even if Virginia is able to slow down the run, it's like, oh no, Sam Howell needs to throw the ball more with Bo Corrales and Deami Brown and Daz Newsom. And it's like, pick your poison. Mm-hmm. This is one of the most balanced offenses in the entire country. So mm-hmm. they're going to find ways to put the ball in the end zone, no doubt about it. And even if Virginia takes that run away from North Carolina, I'm not that concerned. Yeah. When things are clicking, I mean, this North Carolina offense is, is the best one in the conference. So, um, yep. yeah. So we'll go North Carolina there. Thoughts on the total being 62? Maybe under? Mm, maybe under. Yeah, maybe under. I, I don't <laughs> – I, I guess that's implying that Virginia is going to score more than I think they will. Yeah. Um, for what it's worth, Virginia, strangely enough, Virginia has actually gone over the total in three of the five games they've had so far this year. North Carolina games have gone under the total three of the five games they've had this year. So kind of the opposite of what you might think for those teams. But then again, that's right. probably cooked into the number a little bit too. So I'm probably staying away from the total there. It's me. Yeah. I stay away from the total too. If you're going to lean one way or the other, I would lean under I I don't think UVA scores a ton in this game and I think North Carolina scores enough but I I just don't I don't see North Carolina getting into the 40s or something like that and if they do then I think we're in a situation where that game could go over so yeah. I wouldn't t- I long story short I wouldn't touch it either something like 31 17 31 20 yeah kind of where my mind goes yeah but I I agree all right moving on Mike at 4 o'clock, right before that game, on the ACC Network, your Virginia Tech Hokies, a three-and-a-half-point favorite on the road in Louisville, taking on the Cardinals. Total is 67-and-a-half. Uh, Mike, this is another one that we looked at, and we thought this is this number is kind of interesting to look at. It kind of – what we've seen so far from these teams seems like Virginia Tech might should be favored by more than that, and yet what these two teams have done the last couple of weeks or so – especially last week, you can kind of understand why people are maybe a little more interested in betting Louisville right now than Virginia Tech. Yeah, I mean, over the last two weeks, for sure. I mean, Louisville goes into South Bend, and the defense puts up a great fight. Offense wasn't very good, but defense put up a really good fight. Even with the offense not playing well, I thought Malik Cunningham played well in in the Notre Dame game. You know, went 21-24. I I mean, that's... (laughs) 
against a solid Notre Dame defense, he was completing a high percentage of his passes. The problem was that the receivers really couldn't shake loose. Notre Dame secondary did a really nice job in that game. Um, Louisville then takes on Florida State, and that game's pretty much over middle of the third quarter. So, I mean, offensively, they're really starting to find something. And even more importantly, I think defensively, Louisville is really starting to find their footing a little bit here. Now, you know, you go into South Bend, you only give up 12 points. You only give up 16 to Florida State. I think that might be a little bit overblown. Florida State's so one-dimensional that, like, if you do take away the pass game, which is what Louisville did against Notre Dame, took away the pass game, like, can Florida State find a way to beat you with their legs? Which, you know, Jordan Travis, uh, to his credit, that's the one thing he's been able to really do well all year for Florida State is run the ball. And they really just couldn't get a ton going. Well, and Louisville got so far out in front in that game that it basically forced Florida State to start throwing the ball a bunch, which, again, plays right into what you want them to do. Right. And so that put them in a very precarious situation with the the way the game script went. I'm in this position here where over over the course of the entire season, you know, you look at Virginia Tech and offensively, it's been really good with the exception of Wake Forest. They just came out and laid an absolute egg last weekend. And I, over the course of the entire season, you look at the offense, you feel pretty confident in what they have with Khalil Herbert and their ability to run the football. And Tech hit, you know, top five rushing unit in the country. Khalil Herbert's first in all purpose yards nationally. He's been really good. Hendon Hooker overall had been really good when he was inserted back into the starting lineup. And they just kind of had this weird aberration game that they have once a year under Justin Fuente. That that kind of hit last week. You know, if, if Virginia Tech wins that game against Wake Forest by a couple touchdowns, you're not thinking twice about this game against Louisville. You're thinking, all right, Virginia Tech's rolling. They lost a tough game against a really good team in North Carolina. Um, but then the narrative is, well, they fell down twice, got back up, came right back, and had a legitimate chance to win if they could stop anything on defense. And now the defense is starting to get healthier. I thought the defense played well against Wake Forest. The defense has admittedly played better the last few weeks here for Virginia Tech. The issue last week was the offense. So if you believe that Virginia Tech can slow down the team speed of Louisville over the course of four quarters offensively, I think you feel pretty good about the Virginia Tech offense bouncing back on the other side of the field, right? Like mm -hmm. you feel pretty confident about Virginia Tech going up against Louisville defense that's really not all that good, and you're confident that the Hokies can bounce back offensively, I think Virginia Tech's the pick here. And if Virginia Tech hadn't just surprised all of us and just kind of fell asleep against Wake Forest, we wouldn't even be thinking about Virginia Tech three and a half. You'd be just hammering that. I think Virginia Tech wins. I think it's close. I think the important thing to watch here in this game is how does Virginia Tech's defense respond to the speed of Louisville? It took tech a while offensively to get going against North Carolina. And the reason why I bring that game up is because Louisville is the first offense that tech has played since then that has had similar type of speed and playmakers at the skill positions. You know, Louisville's got JV on Hawkins, who is the best running back they've faced tech has faced since Michael Carter and Javante Williams, Malik Cunningham, the best quarterback Virginia tech has faced in Sam Howell for sure. And Tutu Atwell and Des Fitzpatrick highlight a wide receiver core that's the best this Virginia Tech's faced since North Carolina with Deami Brown and Bo Corrales and Daz Newsom. So a really good Louisville offense that I think is really starting to find its footing 
against a Virginia Tech defense that I think is improving, but the most improvements that we've seen have been the second half of games. I think Virginia Tech needs to start fast defensively and conversely really start fast offensively because outside the NC State game, we haven't really seen a fast start out of Tech's offense all year. It's been a middle of second quarter. They start to click a little bit. It's got to be instantaneous here because Louisville's offense can score and score early. And if Virginia Tech finds themselves down, I don't know, let's call it like 21-10 at halftime, I think they might have trouble digging themselves out of that hole, especially when you consider what Tech just did against Wake Forest and how they just kind of rolled over and couldn't really ever get the momentum going. So I think Tech bounces back here. I think the defense plays well. I think Tech wins and covers. I think it's inside a touchdown, though. I could see that. I could see this being a little bit of a shootouty kind of situation too. I mean, the total sixty-seven and a half. That should tell us something. Yeah, um, yeah. For me, the big thing that concerns me is is Louisville defensively. Um, I mean, we we think that they've looked better the last couple of weeks. You know, they kind of seem like they've been better the last couple of weeks. But again, some of the yards per play numbers have still not been like great, especially on the ground. Um, I mean, Florida State ran the ball for over six and a half yards per carry last week. Two weeks yep. before that, Georgia Tech was over five and a half yards per carry. You know, like this Louisville defense can still be had on the ground uh, by a team who who runs the ball well, like Virginia Tech has this year. Um, so I think for that reason, I am with you. I'm going to take Virginia Tech to win and cover, or I would if I weren't in the penalty box. Um, mm-hmm. And and it's also a little bit, Mike. The thing that I really thought about was it's a little bit of a, a buy low, sell high situation that that gets talked about in gambling a little bit. Is I mean, Louisville coming off a blowout win over over Florida State, Virginia Tech coming off a rough loss to Wake Forest. Again, if you'd showed me this number a week or two ago, I would have been all over Virginia Tech. Right. I mean, it's literally right. like one one game for each of these teams should not be driving this number down, I don't think. Now, I will say for what it's worth, uh, Bill Connolly and SP Plus have uh, Louisville as the, the pick here, but that's really just considering that Louisville is projected to be 3.2 points worse than Virginia Tech on a 3.5-point line. So <laughs> SP Plus basically saying the line is pretty much correct here. Um, it's just kind of what you want to do with it, but I – I'm with you. I'll, I'll, I'll take Virginia Tech. I, I think, like you said, it's probably relatively close, maybe like a 38, 34, something like that. Um, yeah. You know, 41, 35. Uh, but I, I do see this being a, a higher scoring game. Um, I think both these teams are going to get up and down the field on each other. And it should be a, at least a really fun TV show to watch at the very least. The thing that's pretty funny about this game is before the season, everybody was higher on Louisville than Virginia Tech. At least most people were and Louisville gets off to a really bad start, and Virginia Tech gets off to a pretty hot start. Mm-hmm. And the narratives changed a little bit. And then it went from, okay, how can Virginia, like how many different ways could Virginia Tech lose this game to now? It's like, okay, Virginia Tech could lose, but like two weeks ago, we wouldn't have thought twice about picking the Hokies. It's just like it, the narrative has completely changed on both of these teams, but it's still kind of interesting because we're almost back to square one, back to where we started with Louisville appearing to maybe gain some momentum and become a little bit more like the team people expected them to be mm-hmm. over the last couple of weeks. And Virginia Tech kind kind of be in this like plucky team just kind of in the way and like flirting with the upper tier of the ACC, but not really quite there. And it's that was kind of the narrative going into the year. And it's almost like we still got to that point despite the records. And 
despite how we got there, it's kind of still how people viewed this game going into the year is kind of how we're viewing it now, which is really interesting to me. Yep. Uh, Mike, let's move on here. Like I mentioned, the Virginia Tech Louisville game should be a really good TV show, one that you can watch. Instead of watching this game at 3.30 on ABC, the number four Notre Dame Fighting Irish, a 20-point favorite on the road in Atlanta, taking on my Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets at Bobby Dodd Stadium. Totals 57. Mike, um, hear me out on this one. We haven't really taken any home underdogs so far in this game, or in this, uh, this week, and Georgia Tech has been completely embarrassed the last two weeks. And Notre Dame may be feeling itself a little bit after, you know, a pretty big win in a rivalry game. Uh, am I doing – is it any of this doing anything for you? Um, pick who you want to pick. But <laughs> but uh, the pick's Notre Dame. Fair enough. Pick's Notre Dame. I – I don't – it's not like the Georgia Tech fan in me that's trying to justify picking Georgia Tech. It is – I've got a team getting 20 points at home who has shown us flashes at times this year. And by the way, Mike, has played pretty distinctly better at home than they have on the road. Um, on on the road, you'll remember week one they beat Florida State, but then they lost by 17 to Syracuse, and then they just lost by 21 to Boston College. At home, they hung with UCF for three quarters – they beat Louisville, and then they just crap their pants against Clemson. So I was going to say, do Clemson. Now do Clemson. Yeah, no. Um, so it's it's a team that, for whatever reason, has played better at home, although I, I clearly one of the things that Clemson game taught me is that I really shouldn't be trusting this coaching staff to come up with a, a, a legit game plan that isn't going to get them blown out. Um, one of the things that kind of has come out this week, I think, is interesting. And, and by the way, the, the press conference with uh, Jeff Collins, just his weekly media availability yesterday, got a little bit spicy, Mike. It got a little Ooh, spicy. Did it? Yeah, our friend Kelly that. Quinlan. Our friend Kelly Quinlan asked a question that he he's been asked in in his defense. He's been asked. He said over a hundred times this year, uh, from between his site and Twitter and such. But basically, the question was, you know, anytime things go wrong for the team there's never really a scene on the sideline of, you know, coaches chewing guys out, you know, trying to make an example of them, trying to, right. you know, grabbing face masks, yelling, angry, you know, all this stuff. Right. And, and honestly, I thought the way that Kelly framed it was actually a, a really good opportunity of a question because he said, you know, coach, you, you've previously worked for George O'Leary. You previously worked for Nick Saban. You've worked for guys, you know, and some of your mentors are guys that, had a, a reputation for doing some of this stuff and yet you don't, would you care to explain why it is that you don't? Right. To which Collins, you know, if you just read the transcript, it's maybe not as bad, but if you listen to the actual audio and you hear the tone, it gets very snippy really quick. And it really just kind of bugs me because it, it really coach, like, are you going to take this time right now, right here to kind of, you know, gripe at the media a little bit for asking a question that's not a total softball that may not immediately paint your team in the lightest of lights when you've just been embarrassed two weeks in a row and just looked like right. absolute hell. Like, so I don't know. It, it didn't really rub me the right way. Um, I, I thought it was a good question, a fair question from Kelly. I thought the response is the response itself mostly was fair. Just the tone didn't didn't I didn't like it. Um, All right. I don't know. Am I am I taking Georgia Tech here? I think I might. I don't know. I don't know what to do. I'll take <laughs> Georgia Tech so the people can fade my pick and get it right. How about that? 
That's fine. I would take Georgia Tech if I weren't a penalty box. I don't know. Oh, man. What a shame. I mean, maybe they bounce back, you know. It's it's just – and this is what we've said, Mike, is that Georgia Tech has not yet finished a game within 16 points of the spread. So – Give this about 10 minutes of this game. This is, And this is really, truly the move with Georgia Tech this year. Give the game about 10 minutes, see what's going on, and then make a live bet from there. This the, now, now, this strategy has made you some money. It did year. last week, yes. Yeah, yeah. I saw the first couple drives you know, for both teams against Boston College. I was like, nope, they don't got it today. Yeah. So for a team that is, has been so variable and so inconsistent – I'm betting you right now, about five minutes left in the first quarter, I'll be able to tell you if this is going to be a close game or if this will be a total, complete and total, you know, train wreck runaway. What team do you think shows up? I mean, I guess you're you're picking Georgia Tech, right? So I guess you think that guess. the semi-competitive team shows up? I guess. Um, I kind of think so. I don't know. They're, they're also doing this damn Black Watch tribute. This week of all weeks, you know, when you're going up against kind of a juggernaut who, you know, has every have, has every talent advantage over you and can just run the ball down your throat at will if they want to, they're honoring like the the fairly legendary Black Watch defense right. from like 1985, wearing these black jerseys and all this stuff. And I just I have a feeling, Mike, that it just ends in embarrassment. Uh, but maybe yeah. maybe they come out fired up. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah, do you think Brian Kelly gives a shit about any of that? Um, like about like honor or about just like running the ball down their throats? Well, that's the thing. Like uh, my question was more I didn't frame that the best. I guess my my question is how much do you think Brian Kelly likes Jeff Collins? Uh probably not much, especially after Jeff ranting about why he doesn't yell at players on the sidelines. I don't think right. Brian Kelly took that too kindly, I bet. Right. Um you know what's weird about Brian Kelly? Like when he first got to South Bend, he was like turning purple every week, yelling mm-hmm. at guys, and he doesn't really do that anymore. Like he still gets mad every now and then, but he's not like outright screaming at guys. And I don't know what happened to change that. Maybe his talked to his therapist. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> something something happened and something turned. He's a changed man. Uh, he's yeah okay. He's something. Uh, he's he's something. That's that's true. Uh, Okay, so so here's the question. Notre Dame is in a look-ahead spot here, big time. We haven't talked about that angle. That is also valid, yes. Right, so Notre Dame, I think we need to discuss that a little bit here. So Notre Dame is in a big-time look-ahead spot to Clemson, who they welcome to South Bend in a week to, you know, be the latest to murder Notre Dame at home. But game of I the year, wonder, Mike. I, I wonder... It's just not going to be... I'm, I'm a, we'll get you there. Know I, you know I love Notre Dame. I just... <laughs> Not feeling great about that matchup. Um, so how? Okay, so we're going to balance Brian Kelly's potential, we'll call it distaste for Jeff Collins, with the fact that Notre Dame has a big time look ahead game with Clemson. So, which one do you believe more in? <laughs> because that's going to lead you down the path of picking Notre Dame to cover twenty, or picking Georgia Tech to cover twenty. Well, and as mentioned, I mean, you just came off a big blowout of a rival team. Yeah. This kind of almost starts to look a little bit like a sandwich game for Notre Dame. Yeah. I'm talking I'll tell you what, Mike. Don't do not do it. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Notre Dame, I think everybody on earth called the Pittsburgh game a trap game. So no, there was no way that Notre Dame was going to view it as a trap game, which we probably should have taken into consideration. We were making our picks last week. It's like 
There's no way this is a trap game if everybody on planet Earth is telling you it's a trap game. Um, maybe this is the actual trap game. It might well could be. Might now, well could be. now, does that mean it's like Notre Dame loses? No. Does it mean Notre Dame could win by like 12? Sure. Yes. But I just... I don't trust Georgia Tech's defense against Notre Dame's rushing attack. And I, I think Ian Book and the Notre Dame passing game is trying to figure things out based on the performance last week against Pitt. I think they're going to want to keep that going. So turn that this into a scrimmage. Turn it into a scrimmage. That way they have some, some confidence, additional confidence in the passing game going into Clemson. Yeah, That's what I think. So I'm going I'm to go with Notre Dame, I guess. I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to go with Notre Dame. I'm, I'm – I think I'm just going to stick with taking the points at Georgia Tech, and maybe it's a again twenty minus sixteen. It's like a four point game. Yeah, it's a big spread, Joey. It's a lot of points. It is. It's a big spread. Notre Dame's much better, but there's a there's a lot at play here. Yeah, no doubt. All right, uh, totals fifty seven. Um, Georgia Tech had a lot of overs this year for what it, for what it's worth. Uh, five and one games going over. Just yeah, do that. I- I'm going to go over. I mean, I, I almost feel more confident in the over, to be honest with you. Notre Dame can score a bit. Do you think Georgia Tech can get to 17 points, Joey? I do. I do. Especially yeah. in garbage time. I mean, I they do seem like a team that can dial up a couple things and get a little bit creative at times. And they, they also can out-creative themselves and turn the ball over and create short fields for the other team. So... That's, I mean, truthfully, that's been a, probably a good indicator of why these games keep going over is the other teams keep getting easy scores. Right. So yeah. that's also worth factoring in. So I, I think I'm with you taking the over here. Just keep yeah. betting overs in Georgia Tech games. That defense is not very good anyways. So Agree. Agree. 45-17 Irish. Yeah. There yeah, you go. That's fair. Gets you over. Doesn't cover for Tech, but hey, that's fine. Yeah. All right. Uh, Mike, 12 o'clock noon on ABC. The Boston College Eagles are the sacrificial lamb of the week going to number one Clemson in Death Valley. Eagles are... A 31 yeah, a point new award. Yeah, a new award. Sacrificial lamb of the week. Uh, they are the 31 point underdog in a 61 point total of a game. Um, I think I'm just taking Boston College here, Mike. I'm just taking BC. They're, they're going to be able to get a little bit of something done in the passing game. Again, a little bit of a look ahead spot for Clemson if that ever really means anything for the Tigers. Um, if, certainly if they let off the gas later in the game, I think Boston College still probably good for another 7 to 10 points. So 31 points, give me Boston College, but I think Clemson still wins this game fairly easily. Uh, I'm picking Clemson to cover 31. BC doesn't have a running game. I don't care what they did yeah, last no. week against Georgia Tech. I, I just They don't have a running game. They're too one-dimensional. Phil Dracovic, I don't think he has a good day throwing the ball against his Clemson defense. And I think Clemson's offense scores plenty on Boston College, so I'm taking Clemson to cover here. I'm just, I'm just like taking underdogs at this point, Mike. <laughs> That's, I mean, it's look, I can't blame you. It's over a four touchdown spread, so I, Clemson I can't two fault three you. against the number this year for what it's worth. Yeah, I mean, I can't fault you at all. And one of those games, one of those games they lost was against the Citadel. Can you believe that? Yeah, that is true. Um, and I didn't even count that into the number. So they're they're two and three in conference games, two and four Christ. overall. It's criminal. Yeah. Uh two touchdown favorites this year in the ACC are six and ten against the spread. Yikes. So taking underdogs not always the worst idea. Um so I'll I'll take Boston College against the number. There's not again, there's not a lot of great reasoning there, and it's a huge number. And we're really just talking in like degrees of blowout here. 
We are. Um, Second straight game, we're talking about degrees of blowout. Yeah, exactly. It's a fun place to be. Um, so, yeah, give me Boston College. I'll take the points. And Mike's got Clemson. And remember, it's my picks that you're fading if you're uh, trying to make money here. Yeah, but then if you might want to just fade me too, just to be <laughs> safe, just not bad at all. <laughs> fair, fair. Yeah. Um, and by the way, that's not even an official pick for me. That's I'm, Again, I'm in the penalty box, so it doesn't count. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. At the same time on the ACC Network at noon, uh, the Wake Forest Steam and Deeks, an 11-point favorite on the road in the new and improved Carrier Dome, taking on the Syracuse Orange. Total is 59, Mike. Um, you know, I saw something interesting, and, and this does feel like it's, you know, f- just at first glance, I think I get this number a little bit from like a Wake Forest might have something standpoint, but also from like a Syracuse definitely doesn't have much of anything standpoint. Um, but at the same time, I, I saw something from from Bud Elliott, our, our friend Bud Elliott earlier this week, um, where he was looking into his uh, his numbers and his analytics, and he said even with a pretty big adjustment on on Wake Forest, he couldn't really get there with this Syracuse team and, and, and the difference. So he was taking Syracuse in the points. I feel like for me, honestly, Mike, this might be just like a hold your nose and take Syracuse kind of spot. Yeah, I uh, just straight eye test. Syracuse is so bad. They are. They're pretty terrible. Um, they're they're so bad, and I can see that. I mean, truthfully, eleven points is a lot. I can see this being a letdown spot for Wake mm-hmm. after you know the way they just surprised the world and beat Virginia Tech last week. Mm-hmm. Um, but Syracuse is just so bad, and I, I get the reasoning. Like Wake Forest doesn't really have an explosive offense, really. Um, they, they've been okay in spots in the passing game from a chunk play perspective, uh, but really they've kind of been a grounded pound type offense for most of the year with Christian Beal Smith and Kenneth Walker and CM Hartman's had his moments, but I, I could see why 11's a lot like wake. I'm not sure is going to necessarily be in a position to just score a bunch of points at will on Syracuse as bad as Syracuse has been at at times defensively. Um, but Syracuse is like not the worst defense in the conference either. So it's very, it's odd, right? Like they've been playing okay defensively. It's just the offense has been just a total bag of tricks. You just don't know what you're going to get week to week. I'm Ah, <laughs> oh, man. Joey, I think I talked myself into taking Syracuse as well. Atta boy. Atta boy. Just hold, hold your nose and just do it. Uh, SP Plus has Wake Forest winning this game by about five points. Um, so, I there's a lot here that I think I, I feel okay taking Syracuse. As bad as we feel like Syracuse has been, they're three and three against the number in ACC play this year. Yeah, um, Sy- Syracuse is also in a three-way tie for <laughs> a three-way tie for first and turnover margin with Wake Forest. So something needs to give there. Oh, mm-hmm. with Wake Forest and Clemson, by the way. <laughs> so something's mm-hmm. got to give there. Yep. Um, uh, and, and by the way, too, again, Syracuse, uh, a home underdog. Those are nine and five so far in ACC play. So yeah, plenty of trends there that I'm I'm okay with. That's just that's a lot of points to give with a team like Wake Forest. That again, I, I think we maybe feel a, a little bit better about them after beating Virginia Tech than we should. That feels like that was more of a Virginia Tech issue than a you know a Wake Forest massive gain. So 
11 points is, is just a lot. So let's go with Syracuse there. Yeah. Virginia Tech went out and fuented. So it's <laughs> kind of where that was at. Would you be surprised if Syracuse won this outright? A little bit, but yeah. I wouldn't put it past them. I'd I mean, be surprised, not shocked. I'd put it in that category. They've won this game the last two years. Uh, they have. So, and they've won it three of the last, or excuse me, five of the last seven years. So, you know, it wouldn't be unprecedented, that's for sure. It's one of their few opportunities remaining to capture a win. So, yep. No, no time like the present. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Syracuse, it is. Total's 59. I feel like if Syracuse is winning this game, you're probably going under. Yeah, I agree. I mean, <laughs> if it gets high scoring, they won't keep up. They just won't. And yeah. Wake's probably gonna Wake's probably gonna cover in that scenario as well. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just the way it trends. Yeah, Wake's defensive numbers against uh, just on a, on a yards per play basis, uh, fourth worst in the conference. But I mean, they're also racking up offensive yards at a at a decent clip, uh, which has been Syracuse's absolute bane. So yeah, I, it, this doesn't bode well for the Orange if this tur- does turn into a shootout. But you know, for now, I I I'd probably lean under. Again, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what I think this week, Mike. Yeah, I mean, Wake beat. I, I was gonna say, yeah. Are you, you real confident picking Wake by two scores against anybody? And then I remember they beat UVA by seventeen two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. I, I think Syracuse is the pick here. What the hell? Yep, let's do it. Last one, Mike, at seven o'clock on your regional sports networks, also known as ESPN three or whatever else. The Duke Blue Devils, a nine-and-a-half-point favorite at home, taking on the Charlotte 49ers, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct. Um, again, totals uh, totals 56. Duke, a nine-and-a-half-point favorite here. Mike, I, I, I kind of lean with Charlotte here. Charlotte outright. <clears throat> Ooh, on the field. On the field. Charlotte definitely covers, but yeah. if you want to get spicy, pick that game money line. Yeah. Charlotte. Uh, I'm kind of with you on that. We can look at what the money line number is. Um, yeah. For what it's worth, again, SP Plus has Duke as a 1.2 point. Uh, they are better by 1.2 points um, than Charlotte yeah. here in this spot. Pick them. Uh, pretty even. Yeah, 9.5 is a lot. Um, so, yeah, you might want to just check on kind of what that money line number is here. And I'm pulling it up now. And uh, you're getting almost plus 300 on Charlotte if you want to bet them. So, Don't mind that one bit. Might take a peek at that. Might take yeah. a peek at that. Uh, Charlotte's strength is in their passing game. They're, they're a pretty balanced offense, but the strength is in the passing game. Uh, Duke, passing defense yards per play, third worst in the ACC mm-hmm. at eight flat. So just something to monitor here. I, I don't think Charlotte has this passing offense that's going to light the world on fire, but if they're going to do it, it might be against Duke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Charlotte, I mean, Charlotte's been pretty good. They they played a pretty competitive game at App State. Yeah, they, I was going to say, yep. They had a game at UNC that was canceled. Um, they had at FAU, they almost beat, they beat, North, they beat the hell out of North Texas, and then they just yep. beat UTEP by 10 points uh, just a week ago. So they've had some wins. Uh, th- that's a... That's a improving, growing program up there uh, that, you know, depending on who you are, you can't just assume that that's just going to be an easy walk in the park win at this point. And certainly with Duke and some of their turnover issues, the likelihood that they are to just give the ball away a couple times. Yeah, I, I, I cannot give almost 10 points with Duke in this game. That's for sure. Yeah, and Will Healy's a good coach, and he'll have him ready to go. So yeah, 
And, and, and there's the Super Bowl factor, Mike. This is probably kind of like Charlotte's Super Bowl here. Getting a crack at an ACC team? Wrong team's favored. <laughs> okay, maybe, maybe a bit much, but... Just just kidding. You know. uh, Sorry, I mean, hey, SP Plus says basically a pick them, so... Yeah, and yeah, I'll ride with that, so... All right. Well, there you go. So we're both on Charlotte plus the nine and a half and potentially outright. Uh, any I'll, thoughts? I'll on be 56? betting. I'll be. Be- oh, any thoughts on 56? Um, probably under. Sure. Yeah. No opinion. Uh, yeah. But uh, I mean, Charlotte plus nine and a half is going to be one of my bets this weekend. I think. I think that would be too. I think it would be too. Yep. Um, Mike, that's all I got on week eight. I guess I got to. Do I have to have a uh, penalty pick of the week? You do. Oh, God. You do. I mean, this would be your first week ever without a pick. So we've been doing this podcast um, like five years. you got to make a pick. Would it be just like obscenely appropriate if I made Syracuse my pick of the week? (laughs) I think so. Just because you actually actually want to stay in the penalty box forever. Yeah, gross. Um, Do it. Do it. hmm. You won't. It's definitely not going to be Georgia Tech or Boston College. That is not a way I want to spend my Saturday is hoping that either of those teams cover. Um, hmm. I'm, I'm between Syracuse and Charlotte here, Mike. I think you go with Charlotte. Go with Charlotte. All right. All right. Well, pick of the week then. Charlotte. Why not? Penalty box, pick of the week. Um, again, doesn't really count, but just so that you guys know what to fade, it's all there. So, yeah. Also, um, Chase Bryce kind of sucks. So, loves turning the ball over and yeah. long walks on the beach. If he didn't turn the ball over, he'd be decent. <laughs> that's that's a big if. Something about my my aunt and uncle and. Oh, Never do you mind. want me to? Uh, I I know that one. <laughs> I know. Okay, good. <laughs> then you catch my drift. Then all right. Yeah, I do. Good. Good. Uh, all right. All right, Mike. You're on North Carolina minus the seven at Virginia. I'm on Charlotte plus the nine and a half at Duke as our picks of the week. Uh, Mike, that's all I got on week eight. Anything else before we work on getting out of here? Man, some gross lines here. Yeah. We we, we forgot to mention the news that we did get about uh, Duke and Mark Gilbert in particular. He has opted opted out of the rest of the season. That's one of their best players on defense. Now, if I'm not mistaken, Mike, and I'm trying to remember, he has um, he had already missed a couple of games with an injury or something. Yeah, he, he was uh, there was he was listed out indefinitely about a month ago uh, in September. So he already hasn't been uh, hadn't been playing the last you know at least a, a couple times here so far this year. So it's it's mostly a loss, but there's you know there wasn't a ton of production you were necessarily getting from him this year, anyways. But I mean, certainly any production you would have gotten from him moving forward, now that's gone with him just opting out of the rest of the season, going to try to get ready for the NFL. And that, that hurts that defense, that's for sure. What a weird career for him, too. I think he's probably just come to the realization that he is injury prone, so why get himself hurt before he's about to make a bunch of money? Uh, well, and I'm I'm curious a little, a little bit at this point, like how much money is he going to make? Right. Like, again, right. with that injury history, I mean, he was what all pretty much all ACC in 2017 – and now in 2020, it's like I don't know that he's really played that much since then. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this is going to be, and, and Duke fans will come after us telling us that we're wrong. 
but he's probably going to be a mid-round pick at best at this point, given his injury history he's got here. And it's got nothing to do with talent. He's a very good player when mm-hmm. he's healthy. <laughs> it's a big caveat. Yep. It's yeah. a whole aunt and uncle thing again, <laughs> by the way. He, he played two games in 2018, and then he played two games to start this season, and it's been an injury otherwise. So Yeah. That's that's kind of what you're staring down the barrel of, and yeah, if you got a, anything left in the tank there from a, uh, a physical wellness standpoint, I it does feel like this is not the season to be uh, to be wasting it on. Yeah, plus it was a pretty significant injury too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's uh, yeah, good luck to him. I mean, yep. I hope he goes out and gets his money. Yep, probably the right choice. Opt out. Yeah, I, I don't blame him for a second. Yep, don't blame him for a second. Mike, that's all I got. Anything else you want to work on getting out of here? think we can work on getting out of here. And our internet's starting to crap out, so that's a perfect time to start working on getting out of here. <laughs> um, uh, yep. We are going to go watch these games, and we'll come back and recap them on Sunday. Uh, Mike, in the meantime, they can find us on Twitter. I am at FTRS Joey. He is at Mike McDaniel VT. Together, we're at BC Podcast ACC. Y'all can send us an email with your questions, comments, concerns to the longest email address known to man, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. And we did actually get a couple of emails this week, so really appreciate those who sent those in. I want to shout those out uh, real quick here. Uh, that was Keith Derrick and Shane Del Solar. So thank you guys uh, for reaching out. Um, got the, uh, the the song request from you, Shane, and we'll, we'll work on that here in a little bit. Um, and then Keith actually had a question kind of about the Black Watch defenses, uh, the, the Black Watch jerseys. I It's exciting, and there's some nostalgia there, I'll say that, but... I, I'm I'm really nervous about just the the optics of trying to honor this defense while you're just getting destroyed uh, by another team. So the uh, the timing of it, don't love it, but you know, just in general, sure, yeah, that's nice. Like you know, honor the past, throwback jersey, that kind of thing. Um, and then I'll add in here too. The yes about whether the special uniforms hype people up or is it just for the fans? It's uh, maybe a little bit of both, but I you know I feel like the uniforms only hype you up so much. And then at some point in the second quarter, you you got to have something else exciting you because that, that just doesn't last for a full 60 minutes. Yeah, just ask Virginia Tech. They had about a billion different uniform combinations, especially like the last few years of Beamer and first couple of years of Fuente. And then I think Fuente and his staff were like, guys, let's just wear maroon and white uniforms with a little bit of variation. Let's not like go crazy about uniform reveals mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because then we'll be losing to Wake Forest more often if we're worried about that. Yep, absolutely. Um, anyway, so that's our little, uh, email moment for the podcast. Uh, Mike, you can find us on iTunes, Google play spot or whatever Google's podcasts p- platform is at this point. I don't know. It's changing. They keep changing it. Yeah. They keep changing it. Who knows? Whatever. You know what we're talking about. Uh, overcast, Stitcher breaker, Spotify, all those places. And most importantly on anchor. Appreciate those who have, uh, Mike, you want to tell them what they can, where they can find us on the social medias. Facebook, facebook.com slash basketball conference rate review. Find all of our podcasts there, Joey. Please do. Please do. Appreciate those who have. Um, Mike, I think that's all I got. You want to go watch some games and come back and recap them? Yes, sir. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Well, for that guy, Mr. Mike McDaniel, I am Joey Weaver. Enjoy your week eight. Enjoy the games. We will talk to you again soon. And until next time, go ACC. Oh, yeah!